And uh, we'll get back in. They're going to look at a handful of verses, but we're not going to read all of them today. Looking at Ruth chapter 2, verses uh, 4 through 16, we've already read this morning, that we're all, we've already read. And uh, so we're going to just read uh, the back side of this portion of Scripture thus far. And uh, so if you'll pick up with me, if you will, in Luke chapter 2, and pick up in verse 14, 14. The Bible says, And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. She sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat, and was suffered, uh, and um, sorry, and was sufficed, and left. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them, that she may glean them and rebuke her not. Father in heaven, we pray a special blessing upon the reading of thy word. We ask of you now to please lead us today throughout this service, dear God. Bless our hearts according to thy will, in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, man. Again, guys, here's this little Moabitess girl that we spoke about last week, uh, born and raised in the land full of paganism. And, uh, and guys, if, I, if I'm sheer honest with you, probably not much different uh, than we're living in today's world. But she marries the son of Naomi, who passes away, along with his father and his brother. Three of these men in the family uh, pass away. And once when all the men are gone, Naomi's husband, uh, Ruth's husband, uh, and then uh, the other brother uh, who passed away, uh, we find that, that Naomi begins her trip back home, back home and away from this land uh, that she came into such a long time ago. So we know that there was a famine in the land at one time. That was her purpose of leaving and going into uh, this area and going into this land and, and, and why she came into Moab for the whole reason. And now she's going back to her land. The other, the other daughter-in-law, she decides to leave. She goes back to her family. She goes back to what she knows, where she has been her entire life. But Ruth is cut from a different cloth. Ruth is a little different. Ruth has a testimony that she spoke of to, to Naomi saying, Listen, I don't want to leave. This is what we find her say there in chapter 1, verse 16, saying, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. And again, I, I'm repeating myself, just a quick review from uh, last week. Uh, here is Ruth proclaiming to Naomi, thy people shall be my people, thy God shall be my God. And uh, she, she's building this upon the testimony that Naomi would have had in her life. I mean, she, she must have loved this woman dearly. And, and even with the testimony that Boaz gives of, of how uh, he took note of, of all the things he, she did for her mother-in-law, Ruth is not only repaying, but she's just patterning herself after this woman, Naomi, this beautiful testimony. So last week we saw by way of introduction, we saw, the, uh, we saw that, that when, when Ruth was, was parched, uh, you know, her needs were met. We saw that in verse 9. And again, I say this to you, Ruth's life, the book of Ruth, uh, typologically speaking, uh, is a picture of the bride of Christ. It's a picture of the church. Boaz is a picture of, of the groom who is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's very clear uh, of how we see that in type form. So we see that when Ruth was parched, her needs were met. We see that land was prepared for her, verse 14. Boaz was clear to give her protection in verse 12, as well as promotion in the same verse. 
Ruth sits back and she ponders why uh, this kindness had befallen upon her, which gave real gave evidence of her integrity, of her humility. She didn't look at herself as being entitled to anything. She looked at herself and said, you know what? I don't deserve this. I don't know why you're giving it to me. I'm but a stranger in the land. I'm not even of your people, your bloodline. I don't deserve anything that's here. And yet you're giving me all of these things. And we find the providence of God in Ruth's life as well. In Ruth's life as well. In verse 16. So if the answer to the question, why on earth, why on earth, the Lord shed His grace or shared His grace on you and I. The same question that Ruth was asking, why have all of this bestowed? Why has it befallen upon me? So we should ask the very same thing. Who are we when we begin to look at the handfuls of purpose that God has had for us in our life? Again, I mentioned this, guys, just by way of review, and we'll get into the last two points here in just a moment as we just finish that review from last week. But the word purpose occurs 36 times out of 35 verses in the Bible, and every single one of those are defined as a plan or a work other than the one that we just read in verse 16. These handfuls of purpose, this word here is considered spoil, take, or pray. And so, guys, again, I don't want, I mentioned this last week. I'll mention it again. I don't want to run on a tangent on this, but we have to understand that there is a reason, my friend. There's a reason the spoils of Christ are according to His plan, His work, His order. Let me say this His purpose, not ours. Those of you who have been partaking in the online series that we're doing, primarily doing it for Calvary, but the online series we've been doing each week, uh, going over the fundamentals, the foundations of uh, the Christian identity. The fundamentals of the faith. Uh, you know, we've covered uh, different topics. We've covered the priesthood of the believer. We've covered the Bible as our sole authority for faith and practice. Uh, we just finished two weeks off covering what baptism is, guys. And we need to understand that there is a purpose that God has given. And His purpose, we know, was to come in to seek and to save that which is lost. When He came and He sought out those who are lost, needing a Savior, He died for the sins of all mankind. Those who accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they become part of His bride. They become part of Him. They are eternally saved by the Holy Spirit of God, saved until the day of redemption. We know that to be clearly true. And by that point, in that point alone today, we find that we have the handfuls of purpose in our life that spoil to take or to pray. Again, guys, the spoil of Christ is according to His plan, His work, His order, but it is according to His purpose. Again, so we look at these different things here in the life that God has given us, this providence that we see as Solomon had clearly told us to everything. There is, a, uh, there is a season and every time there is a purpose under heaven. Also saying because to every purpose there is time and judgment. So last week, guys, we looked at one point. We looked at one point last week, and that was the Savior's purpose. We saw three things under the Savior's purpose. We saw that he came to provide deliverance, to provide deliverance. Secondly, we saw that he came to permeate death, to permeate death. But beloved, never mistake and never lose the idea he came to propagate devotion. He came to propagate devotion, okay? He came to propagate devotion in our life to him, we must understand. So guys, when our Savior's purpose came to deliver our souls, to eliminate death, and to propagate for us to to be devoted unto Him and Him alone, our life is fulfilled according to His plan, according to His work, according to His order, but only going to be by His purpose as we find in the life of Ruth who was given these handfuls of purpose in her days. Jesus Christ fulfilled His purpose on this earth and in His ministry. And this is the Savior's purpose, guys. But what about our purpose? 
What about the saints' purpose in this world today? So often, many a times, we see what the Lord Jesus Christ has done, and we say, okay, fine, our Jesus Christ came to eliminate death out of our life. He came to, to, for us to, to be devoted unto Him. He came to, to not only die for us, He came to deliver us from the darkness and sin of this world. And guys, that's a blessing, amen. Sin in this life today, we need to understand. I understand, guys, that we get mixed up, and I understand that we slip up and we fall, and by God's grace, He's still there to pick us up again. But I'm telling you, at the end of the day, when you sin in this life, you still sin by a choice that you make yourself. He still loves you. His grace has still saved you. He has still sealed you under the day of redemption. But we need to understand, we as the saints of God have a purpose today in this world. And a saint of God is every soul who is saved and born again of the blood of Christ. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you guys, turn to Philippians in chapter 3 with me, if you will. Philippians in chapter 3. I'm going to ask you to turn just a few times this morning, not very many, but just a few times. Philippians in chapter 3 is where we're going to be in just a moment. Philippians in chapter 3. We're looking at the saint's purpose this morning real quickly. The saint's purpose. We have a Bible there, if you will, if you need to have one in your pews, that's fine. The first thing that we need to see that we're fulfilling the saint's purpose is to achieve the heavenly goal. Achieve the heavenly goal. Look there in Philippians in chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. The Bible says, For it is, it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do His good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. Beloved, it is impossible this morning to fulfill your purpose as a saint in achieving the heavenly goal if you're holding on to things in this world. If you're holding on to things in this life. It doesn't matter if it's something uh, from the past, if it's something from the present. That goes for sin, it goes for slander, it goes for sourness in our life. Uh, guys, listen, modern day Christianity holds on to more things than anyone else in this world today. And if you're going to achieve the heavenly goal. Guys, if you're going to reach verse 13, for it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do His good pleasure. If you're going to achieve the heavenly goal this morning under the saint's purpose, you're going to have to put those things behind you. And that's the bottom line today. Whether we believe it or not, guys, and you can sit here and say that you don't, whether you believe it or not, I'm telling you, you're going to have to put it behind you to achieve the heavenly goal. Modern church attendants today, or attendees if you will, have more sour, slandering sin in their life than those who ever set foot in a church in times past. I mean, listen, whatever it may be, guys, can I just say to you again, put it behind you. Forgive, forget, flourish in your life and move forward. Let the dead bury the dead, the Lord Jesus Christ said. Whatever you have against a brother or sister, just put it behind you. Stop slinging sins up as if it's mud. Guys, if, it, if the Lord remembers them no more, then we should today do the very same thing because of our, it's for our own benefit as well as others. Maybe you went to a church in times past and they didn't do what you liked. Maybe it wasn't, listen, maybe they didn't, they didn't do everything that you wanted. They didn't make you happy, if you will. It doesn't matter, guys. There's no perfect church on the planet today. There's some that are worse than others, I can tell you that, but there's no perfect church. Just put it behind you. Get into a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, and if you're listening online and you're not in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, get out of that church and find one that teaches and preaches the Word of God as it is written. Amen. Just put it behind you. What another pastor has done to you in your life? Put it behind you. We, we should not, it cannot, judge, judge others by our own life, and our own experiences. Even though we think we can, we cannot. 
Just because one person may have a lazy husband or one person may have a lazy wife doesn't mean someone else does. Can I say that to you? Is that pretty clear today? You need to achieve the heavenly goal. Denise and I, when we were walking over to church this morning, we were, there's been a thought that's just been in my head. It's been banging around. I don't know if it's a, a, a preparation for a sermon. I have no idea, but I'm just going to see what the Lord does with it. But I sat there and I thought about, about peace in our life. Now, I know the Lord Jesus Christ is very clear when he said that if, 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 if they hate you, they've hated, they, they hate you because they hated me. I know the Bible tells us you're going to have tribulation, you're going to have trouble in this world. I know that we're going to have storm. I know all of those things are true. I get that and understand that. But there is something about peace that is brought into our life as a child of God. Because if you're saved, you're born again of the blood of Christ today. If you put your faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, if your heart beat for the last moment in this life, then the very next thing that you're going to see is the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to open your eyes, you're going to see Him. The Bible tells me that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That is the only verse that I ever need to know, that there is no soul sleep. I know that when my life ends here, it is going to wake up in glory over there immediately. And I'm saying that to say this, that should give us the peace that passeth all understanding in this life. And if you don't have peace in your life, if your life is filled with problems, continually problematic, continual issues, continual uh, heartache with people, continual arguments and disdainment and depression and darkness, I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying that. I can't judge a person's salvation unless they tell me what their testimony is and it doesn't line up with Scripture. But I am going to tell you this right now. If you are saved and your life is filled with all that rubbish, there's a good chance your eyes are not where they belong. There's a good chance that your eyes are not on the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, the first saint's purpose is to achieve the heavenly goal, Philippians 3, verse 14. I'll ask you, uh, if you will, the second point is to acquire the best gifts. To acquire the best gifts. Read from the screen, if you will, 1 Corinthians in chapter 9 and uh, verse uh, 25. The Bible says, "...and every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things." Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Now what Paul is relating this to, Paul used athletics and athleticism by way of inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. He used this in his letters quite often. And this here, uh, speaking of those that are mastery and tempered in all things, speaking of this, he's tying this together with the Olympians at the, in the time uh, that he was writing this letter. And there's a laurel that people would receive if they were to win the race or win the wrestling match or whatever it may be. And they received this, this laurel. It was made out of leaves. And we know that as soon as a leaf or a branch is plucked away from its root, uh, guys, it's on its way to die. Therefore, it is corruptible. Uh, that doesn't mean it's sinful. It just means it's corruptible, that it is dying. And it will eventually wither up and die. But we, as a child of God, as a Christian, as a born-again believer today, when we're looking to acquire are the best gifts, and we look for these rewards, these crowns that we are looking for. They are incorruptible crowns. Guys, I want as many crowns and blessings that I can get on the other side, hands down. And why do I want those things? Because they're incorruptible. They are perfect. They're without man's hands. How I live for Christ, how I work for Christ, how I walk for Christ will determine those gifts on the other side, not my salvation. There is not one thing I or you can do for salvation. It is only what Jesus Christ did on the cross, buried in the tomb, and rose, risen again. That's all there is. That's salvation in a nutshell. But after salvation is when 
you begin to construct and build these rewards, these crowns, if you will. How you live for Jesus Christ, how you work for Him, how you walk for Him. There's not a clock that you, you punch out of in working for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's your life. Men will either work, or so men will work for protection and perfection on the job site, and usually anything else in life. I've seen men who will, uh, who will get engrossed in building something. And I mean, they'll make sure that every dot is, 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 or every I is dotted, every T is crossed, every corner is perfect, every 90 degree angle is, is without fault. Everything is perfect, and yet they will forsake trying to perfect their Christian walk in this world. I'm not talking about sinless perfection. I'm not talking about being without sin in this world. You're not going, as long as this flesh, as long as you're in this body, you're not going to reach sinless perfection. I understand that. But you don't have to commit the sins that you do commit. Be the sins of omission or commission. Amen. There are some things that we need to be dedicated to. And one should be the house of God. Number two, God has to be the Bible. But you're not going to be dedicated to the house of God without being dedicated to the Bible. The Lord Jesus Christ above and beyond all things. Amen. I don't know why, you're not going to miss, I said this Wednesday night, guys, and I know I went on a bit of a rant, but you're not going to miss work for every single reason under the world. You're not going to do it because you can't pay your bills. Do you really think your job and your bill paying today is solely up to your employer? No, it's not. It's up to that God in heaven who's given you that job. It's up to the Lord Jesus Christ of whom you should be devoted to and you should acquire the best gifts in this world today to try to perfect your walk, your work, and your ways in working for Him. I'm talking about fulfilling your purpose, your personal responsibility. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Praise the Lord, guys. If a murderer like Paul can do it, we can do it. Yeah. Paul, who was who gave his voice against those who were killed for the name of Jesus Christ. If a harlot like Mary Magdalene can do it, we can do it today. If a little pagan girl can walk away from all that she's known, all of her land, all of her life, and follow this lady named Naomi, if she can follow her and say, your people's going to be my people, thy God, my God, wherever you go, I'm going. If she can do that, my soul, guys, we can do that. Amen. You know, one of the greatest, I think, is one of the prettiest pictures of a reward of what Naomi received. You know, she's in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, Boaz begat Jesse, Jesse begat David, and all the way down, Jesus Christ comes in, the Son of God. My soul, man, what what a blessing. What if she'd have said, you know what, Naomi, I love you, I love you to death, but I'm going to stay here with these bunch of pagans in Moab, and I'm just going to live according to the flesh, and because it's easy. Because it's what I know. Guys, everything in life is not going to be easy. Serving the Lord Jesus Christ is not going to be easy, especially in a dark world that we live in. It's not going to be easy. But I'm telling you, everything that is easy usually isn't worth it. You're going to have to make some sacrifices. Maybe get up out of bed a little bit earlier in the morning time. Maybe go to bed a little bit later. Maybe get your life on a schedule so you can be where you belong. Amen. When you should be there. So we should achieve. Guys, we should achieve the heavenly goal. We should acquire the best gift. Let me say this. We should be altruistic, if you will, to the Lord. That word altruistic means to remain true, unselfish. I mean, we should be sold out to him, if you will. 
Acts chapter 11, verse 22 through 23 says, Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church was at Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas that we should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. I like that word cleave. That word cleave. Just grab a hold and, and hold him despite what's going on around us. We should remain true and unselfish to the Lord Jesus Christ. The saint's purpose is to do so. Fidelity, if you will. It's told unto a man when he marries a, a wife that he is to hold true to her. Fidelity. Holding true and faithful to your wife. Guys, it's the same as we should hold true and faithful to the Savior. Can you imagine today, my friend, if your bride came home and she was unfaithful to you? Well, what happens when we're unfaithful to the Lord? How do you think he feels? You need to think about those things, my friend. We need to be altruistic to the Lord. That's part of the saint's purpose. And lastly, under this point, we need to be affectionate toward the things above. Affectionate. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Beloved, we can... We can come a little closer in fulfilling our purpose in this world today for the Lord Jesus Christ if we would just simply have more affection on things above than on the things that are around us. An old preacher one time said that if you'll take care of the vertical, typically the horizontal takes care of itself. Does that make sense to you today? If you keep your eyes where they belong, if you keep your affection on the vertical, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, that which is on the horizon, that which is horizontal, usually takes care of itself. So we've seen, guys, thus far in the past two weeks... We've seen the Savior's purpose and praise God for it. Not only have we seen the, the Savior's purpose, but today we see the, the saint's purpose and what we need to fulfill in our life today. Lastly, this morning, our final point is I want you to see the sender's purpose. I want you to turn over to Ephesians in chapter 3. What is the sender's purpose? You know, I, I know probably few people anymore send out, how many people do you send out letters actually anymore? I have physical letters. We packed up a letter the other day I had to send to my parents and, and, uh, and uh, we packed it up and we got it in an envelope and I said, Nancy, do you have a stamp? And she had to go look for a stamp and I was getting ready to mail the thing and all of a sudden it was missing the, uh, the international stamps. You got to have another thing that you stick on it. And you, you just get out of habit of these things and what you have to do. But, but there's a reason you send a letter. There's, some, there's a reason you send something to someone. We find today that there's a Savior's purpose, there's a saint's purpose, but there's also the sender's purpose. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, look at verse 11. The Bible says, according to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Remember I said there was 36 times the word purpose out of 35 verses. That's the one where it occurs twice here. According to his eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What is the sender's purpose? Why did he send the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, first of all, he sent the Lord Jesus Christ for our salvation. For our salvation. God's purpose in sending his only begotten son was for our salvation. That blows my mind that the creator of all things, the one in whom all things consist, was sent to this world to suffer and pay a price that I could not pay, to pay for my sins. That was his purpose of being sent to this world today. 
2 Timothy in chapter 1, verse 9 says, Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Kind of makes you feel guilty at times, I believe, that God sent His only begotten Son to die such a horrible and mercifulless death on a tree as a spectacle, if you will, to the entire world, just because, as we mentioned before, that we are poor, blind, wretched, and miserable. Because our world uh, is full of sinful, self-serving, self-indulging souls, that's why our Savior came. That's the sender's purpose. And it makes you wonder about how we'll stand before Him one day and give that account of what we have done in the body. Lastly, our sender's purpose, number one, was for our salvation. But can I tell you this this morning? It's for our sanctification. Our sanctification. 1 Thessalonians 3.13 says, To the end he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness. Before God, even our Father, at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints, our purity of heart, our purity of mind, our purity of speech, our purity of actions, and even our purity of desires, guys, is God's purpose in our life. Our salvation first. Our sanctification second. That word sanctification is where the word holy comes from. That word sanctification means to be set apart. There's a, there's a separate purpose. It's a, a separate reason. And guys, it's been set apart, if you will. It is something that is holy, and we should strive to have those purity of heart, mind, speech, actions, and even our desires. And so we can help God, not help God, so that we can honor God in all that he would have us to do. So this brings us to the three questions that we started out with last week. Brings us all the way back. And, uh, and, and again, you know, in working on this message, I, I thought to myself, I wonder who's going to receive this message. I wonder who's willing to apply what has been said into their life. So let's address uh, those, those three questions that we spoke about. We touched on them again in review briefly this morning. So what makes us so special? What makes us so special today? That was a, the question we had. We well, you know what the answer is? God's purpose is what makes us so special. God's purpose. Not us physically, but God's purpose is what makes us so special today. We are created for a purpose, and that is to please our Savior. Colossians 1 verse 10 says that you may work worthy of uh, the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. 1 Thessalonians in chapter 2 tells us, But as we are allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God with trieth our heart. So the first thing, the first answer to that question, what makes us so special? God's purpose. The second question we had was, how can you fulfill your purpose today? How can you do it? How can you do it in your life? How can I do it? I want you to think about this. In Luke chapter 14, and we're not going to turn there for time's sake this morning, but in Luke chapter 14, you had those 10 lepers, man, who were healed. Remember the, remember the story about the 10 lepers? You had the 10 lepers, Jesus Christ heals them. They all go away and only one returned, giving glory and thanks to Jesus Christ. Only one. How can you fulfill your purpose today, guys? Well, you can fulfill your purpose in pleasing God by simply expressing gratitude. Showing your thankfulness to Christ by achieving, by acquiring, by being altruistic to Christ. Setting your affection on things that are above. That's how you can fulfill your purpose today. Now, here's the question that I'm going to ask you and we'll be done. Am I fulfilling my purpose? I just told you how you can. I just told you why you're special, because of God's purpose himself. 
So are you fulfilling your purpose today as a saint of God? Well, let me ask you this. Are you saved today? Have you accepted Jesus Christ's propagation of the truth, his permeation, his elimination, if you will, of death, how he went through death? Uh, if so, are you delivered today? Are you sanctified? Have you put off the sins and the faults of the old man with his deeds? So if you're saved, guys, are you sanctified? Will you achieve the heavenly goal and acquire the best gifts? Are you altruistic, meaning true to Christ? Are you affectionate toward the things above? You see, the lifeline has come into our life, and the question I have for you this morning, will you grab it? I mean, do you want to remain the same as you've been all of your life, or do you want to be delivered from your faults, delivered from your sins, delivered from the weight of this world today, and reach that point of peace in your heart and your mind of what comes in the hereafter? The sins that are holding you captive today, are you trying to put away? Guys, we show our gratitude today toward Christ's sacrifice in this life by putting off the old man with his deeds. The Bible tells us, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But Paul goes on to say, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are manifest in your consciences. Guys, what is the terror of the Lord? I've heard people say, well, God, you know, a loving God, he would never send someone to a devil's hell. You're exactly right. You know why? Because he's not going to. Your choice will. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, once you spend your last breath on this earth, you will enter into a place that is not only filled with torment, darkness, utter chaos. It's not going to be a party. It'll be torments of flames of fire for all eternity. But to, to cap it all off, you're there as an unwanted individual. You're there as an unwanted person. Because hell was created for the devil and his angels. You're there as a spiritual intruder, and you're locked there for eternity. My friend, if you're going to fulfill the purpose that God has given us, the first thing you'll have to do is accept the free gift of eternal life. The second thing you're going to have to do is work towards sanctification. The third thing is going to do, guys, is set your affection on things that are above. That, my friend, is living a life of handfuls of purpose. Let's bow our heads, if you will. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, time to be together this morning. We pray now for your continual blessing, Lord God. I ask you to bless us as we sing together here in just a moment, Father. And I ask you, Lord God, there be anyone within earshot today who knows you not as Lord and Savior, that they would bow their heart, receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior today, whether it be online or listen to this at a different time of the, of the day, the week, or the year. Father, I ask of you, Lord, to save their soul. Help them make their confession true, dear Lord, that Jesus Christ is God. That God had raised him from the dead, asked forgiveness of the sins, and for him to enter in and, and create a new life for them, dear Lord, that we may be pleasing unto thee, that we may live the life filled with purpose. In Jesus Christ's name, we ask these things. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. I do hope and pray the sermon you just heard was a tender blessing to your heart and to your soul. I hope that it gives you the encouragement, edification, to face the challenges that we see each and every day and week throughout our life. I'd like to invite you out to one of our live services here at Saren Chapel in Abraman. We are located on Lewis Street as well as Davis Street. Davis Street is the entrance to our chapel, and as well as Lewis Street is the entrance to our hall, and you can use either one of them. But secondly today, guys, I would like to share just a brief message to you now to ask you to where you are going in eternity. If today was the last day you were alive, if today, by some tragedy, this was the last moment you had on this earth, when you closed your eyes, would you wake up and see Jesus Christ? 
It is a simple question, guys, and it is even a more simple answer. The Bible tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, paid the ultimate price for mankind. He gave us the free pass to eternal life by giving his life on the cross of Calvary, being buried into that grave, but rising again on the third day. It is simple as this. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You see, guys, while we were sinners, the Lord Jesus Christ loves us so much that he gave his life. As a matter of fact, Romans 5, 8 tells us, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Sin is defined as the transgression of God's law. But what happened was the payment with, for mankind is death. Romans 6.23 clearly tells us, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So I ask you today, what would, what would stop you right here, right now, for bowing your head and saying a prayer much like this, Lord Jesus Christ, I trust in you. Jesus Christ, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe that you stepped up out of the grave to give us victory over sin and victory over death. I invite you into my heart and ask forgiveness of my sins and ask you to lead God and direct me throughout the rest of my life. Now, here's the thing. You say that prayer in your own words, but you have to say it and believe in it. Remember, Romans 10, 9 says, And believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That is a promise from the word of God. That is a promise from God himself. That is the promise from the creator of all things, that if you'll believe on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, ask forgiveness of your sins, accept his free gift and pardon of sin into your heart today, that you will be born again, that you will have eternal life in heaven. Guys, I hope and pray this is a blessing to you today. I hope and pray that you'd make that decision. And if you have, if you've made that decision today, let us rejoice with you. Come by and see us here at the church or hit us up online at any of the social media outlets or through email or however you can. Just share with us the glorious transformation that you just received in your life. Guys, I hope to see you soon in the house of God. I hope to see you soon right here in Sharon Chapel. And may the Lord be with each and every one of you. God bless.